Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to another edition of Eagle Eyed View. My name's Lee Wilmot. I'm joined today by Crystal Palace reporter Rob Warlow. Hi, Rob. Hi, Lee. And we've got Mark Ritson here with us as well. Hi, Mark. Hello. Right, well, let's get straight into it. And um, a, should we call it a big uh, derby last night? It didn't seem that big. Um, the Amex wasn't exactly full last night and there were almost more press than fans there <laughs> last night. Um, how, how do we look at um, last night's game? Uh, probably a deserved result in the end, really, wasn't it? I think Brighton, if you look back at the chances that were created on the night, Brighton had the better ones. I think they dominated much of the play, in the first, particularly in the first half. Palace had a spell in the second when they got themselves back into it and scored a great goal through Baku Sacco. What a strike. What a strike. With mm. his weaker right foot as well. It was, uh, yeah, I think it took a lot of people by surprise, the fact that he took it so quickly. And, I mean, Tim Crow had no chance of it, did he? It was a brilliant strike in off the post and... Uh, yeah, fair play. I, I thought he was the best player on the pitch for Palace last night. Um, he really tried hard up front. He was direct and he you know, tried to make things happen for them. And he didn't really have too much support going forward because I think the expected changes. Um, Roy Hodgson said in the, in the build-up to the game that he would make a few. He made four and I think it was more about who was left out that, that was kind of telling really. Um, obviously no Wilfred Zaha, no Christian Benteke. Um, Luka Milivojevic and James Tompkins were on the bench but I think it kind of showed really that his, his priority was looking ahead to the weekend and keeping people fit and available um, unfortunately obviously that, that's backfired a little bit in who he did play and who went off injured but yeah I think on the night Brighton probably did deserve the win in in the context of the game they had the, the best chances and it just, I suppose it was inevitable, wasn't it, for, for a lot of people that it was going to be Glenn Murray who got the winner. Yeah, I was, um, I was watching it uh, on BT last night to do all of the reaction and the stories around VAR, and um, that was a waste of my time. Um, <laughs> there, there was nothing, although um, they would have you believe that perhaps VAR should have come in for the, for the winning goal, but um, that was never handball. Um, I, don't, I don't know how you saw it, Mark. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was no arm involved yeah, there for we, me. We spoke to Glenn after the game, and he was very adamant that it didn't... Um, Touch his arm and the replays uh, show came off his knee, shall we say, very slightly. But I think everyone wanted VAR to get involved. Didn't they, really? <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the Palace players were, were you know in real time and you know they were they were the closest to it and they all thought it was handball. Obviously, Yohan Kabai um, reacted strongly, didn't he, to, uh, afterwards and obviously to the referee. Um, but uh, yeah, it just had to be Glenn Murray, didn't it? <laughs> and. Um, Obviously, he was never going to celebrate. He, as he said, he, we, you know, we spoke to him after the game again, and um, he enjoyed his time at Palace. It was just a, another team. It was he was never going to rub salt in the wounds. Mm. Um, no, I I love the FA Cup. Um, 
I'd kind of been brought up on it when when I was a kid, and it was the kind of the big day out at Wembley and everything. It's not the competition it used to be. Um, an away trip to Middlesbrough is it a blessing that the Palace have gone out of the we've competition. Got, we've got to blame Arsene Wenger for this, surely. You know, <laughs> he's the one that started rotation, you know, years ago, and it's just seen as not as important or as maybe. Do we not blame? Do we not blame, as special to the bigger clubs anymore? Not blame Man United for that year when they decided they didn't want to play in it because they were in the Club, Club World, World Cup or whatever it was. Two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah. <laughs> Do, well, do, Palace, do Palace see it as a blessing that they're not going to Middlesbrough, given the predicament that they're in? Possibly. I, I think the, the the money that's involved in the Premier League dictates it now, doesn't it? And that's the same for a lot of clubs. I mean, I, I personally think it's disappointing that the clubs from outside the top six don't make more of a go of it, because let's be realistic, it's probably this in the League Cup, their real chances of silverware, because the other teams do rotate, you know, and if you think, well, if you did have, particularly in these early rounds of the FA Cup, you will see a lot of teams rotating, and you might be able to catch it one of the bigger boys off guard. You know, I mean, look at Forest beating Arsenal yeah. the weekend. It, it, upsets can happen, and you only have to, as a team that's sort of mid-table or in the bottom half, you only have to get through a couple of rounds, and then all of a sudden you can start dreaming. I mean, Palace got to Wembley only a couple of seasons ago, didn't they? I think, given the position they're in in the league this year. Yes, it might be seen as a bit of a blessing in disguise that they're not, they've not got more fixtures to put into an already congested schedule. You know, that they've they've just come off the back of a, a busy festive period where inevitably fatigue is going to have kicked in, and probably that was reflected in Hodgson's choices of who who he put out there last night. He, he said he wanted to see a few different players in action. I think he he saw Sacco and got some positive out of that. He saw the likes of Patrick Van Arnholt, Zario Riedervald, Damien Delaney came in sort of from the colds for a game yesterday. Um, it probably might help him more in what what he needs to strengthen now and sort of firm up his ideas of what, what they need to do in the transfer window. I think with the squad as well, it's not the biggest squad, if you like. More games, potential more injuries. and um, But then on the other hand, winning breeds confidence and you know continues a run, yeah. can, can build morale. So there's so many pros and pros and cons to it but uh, I think if you're you know a Palace fan you do really do they really care about missing out on a trip to Middlesbrough no it's probably more that they've lost to Brighton isn't it that they, they will care more about yeah of course of course definitely but I think I think even the reaction to that it was you know not, not what you'd expect the reaction to, yeah. to losing to your rivals to be and that kind of shows that the importance of what they, the fans have given the FA Cup this season um, Bakary Saka we've spoken about what a hit that was um, for the equaliser um, watching it on BT Stephen Gerrard said he was a one man band at times um, last night and he felt a bit sorry for him um, what, what, what more does he have to do to stake a claim for a place in the first team yeah we, we said that didn't we Rob is he the joint top scorer game. now I think he, well he, he just everything Palace tried to do going forward and there wasn't much of it at times especially in that first half he was the only player that was trying to make something work he had the ball, he ran at the Brighton defence and then he had a couple of chances where he got the byline and cut it back. But um, I think that if he stays injury clear, that this is his chance. And I know we spoke during the game, Rob, and you said you possibly play him ahead of Christian Benteke. Well, possibly, yeah, at the moment. I mean, he's in better form, I would say. You know, Benteke had a good game in Leicester, there's no doubt in that, when he came back from that disappointment against Bournemouth and you know he then 
did play well at Leicester when they won there. But then he got the suspension. And he obviously was out for a game at Swansea. He came back in for the Arsenal and City games, and I thought he worked hard, but he didn't really have too many opportunities in, in front of goal in those games. Um, and I just think Sacco, the, the the influence and the impact he's had in the last few games, we saw it down at Southampton. Mm. You know, he, he almost changed that game himself. You know, with the, the, his direct running at the, you know, putting Southampton on the back foot and getting at them. He looks fitter, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And, and he's, he is a threat. You know, we, we've said before. I mean, he showed it last night with his right foot, his left foot's pretty, mm. <laughs> pretty powerful. You know, and if he can do that with his right, then. Yeah, he's definitely got a shot on him. We know he's that he's out of contract as well. That's another side of it. You know, is he playing for a new contract? Yeah. You know, he probably wants to stay at Palace and show what he's really capable of because it has been injury hit. Yeah, I think he's, it's almost a case of trying to make up for lost time, isn't he? Because he has had so many injury problems during his time at Palace, and I think there's no doubt that when he is fit and you know when he is given a chance in the team, he, he can have an impact because we saw it when he. The reason that the Palace bought him was what he did at Wolves, and you look at that—he was, you know, he was scoring goals for fun there. So he's got it in him, and as we've seen, he's sort of adapting to a new role. But he's taken that on really well this year, I think, and he's really stepped up. You know, Roy Hodgson said many a time he's been impressed by the way he's improved and developed as a player. And I mean, he said last night in his post-match press conference that actually, yeah, he has proven that he's capable of a regular starting spot. So. I think now is the time they've got to give him a chance. I think he's got the momentum behind him. He's got that confidence from the, you know being a substitute and making an impact. And then last night he showed not just the goal but overall that he is ready for a start. I you know with that confidence that the way he's feeling, I would start him on Saturday against Burnley. But it's who do you drop? That's right. that's the that's the thing. Is it a case of having too many of the same thing if you've got Sacco in there if you've got Zaha playing if you play Sacco through the middle as well if you've got Townsend on the other side you've got three players who will run at a defence with pace and power but you haven't got the kind of the strength of, of Christian Menteke where you can go a bit more direct if you need to yeah I mean when I went down to the Swansea game when Benteke was suspended down at the Liberty Stadium and, and Palace that day did miss Benteke you know they lacked that physical presence that focal point up front and I do think they need that um, you know Benteke does offer that he, as much as he hasn't been scoring goals this season he does at least provide that target man up top that you can you know you can ping a ball up to him he can either win a flick on or he can head it down you know hold hold the ball up he he has got that ability and I think Sacco is not he's not a like for like with Benteke he's not the identical sort of no. player but he's Perhaps a bit more dynamic, you know. He, he mm. can get people on the turn, which you wouldn't necessarily associate with Benteke. I think Benteke, you play to his strengths when he's in the team, and we know that he's very good in the air. So if they can get crosses in from Zaha and Townsend, then that's how they've been playing. It's worked. I think with Sacco, I mean, this weekend, for example, it might be Hodgson might have to be his hand might be um, forced because Townsend went off injured last mm-hmm. night. You say about who would you drop? Yeah. Well, I think for this weekend, Townsend won't be won't be playing. No. So, why not go with Zaha, Sacco, and Benteke as a front three? If yeah, you, you know, and you could play Zaha and Sacco slightly wider of Benteke, and that still gives Sacco the opportunity to to get in the box when cutting up, cut, cut inside, cut inside onto his, inside onto his left foot, similar to what Townsend does. Yeah, it's very similar. And I, yeah, I think that you know he was bought as a winger. It's not like he, yeah. he can't play that position. All right, I know this season he's been playing more of a central role, but I think 
that's how that they will, that's how I would expect them to line up on Saturday. I think in the absence of Townsend, the expected absence of Townsend, I think that they'll have Sacco, Zaha, and Benteke. Mm. Moving on, um, it's the 9th of January, I believe. I haven't got the laptop in front mm-hmm. of me. Um, no, no new transfers yet. Um, it's the time of year that us journalists love and hate in equal measure, I think. Um, interestingly, Roy um, said something along the lines of not being any closer to new signings last night. Should, should we be worried? Should the Palace fans be worried that nothing's happening as yet? No, this is Crystal Palace. <laughs> it goes down to the last day. It always does. And it's been like that for years with Palace. And, well, other clubs are finding it difficult as well. It's always the way that agents trying to get the best move for their clients you know they get one offer this week mm, okay we might wait for next week or the weekend after that um, but yeah it, it, it will go down to the final few days or the day and you know Palace were at West Ham aren't they on the Tuesday night and then they got the deadline down the Wednesday mm. so uh, I wouldn't worry just yet you know not too many deals have gone through no. at the moment I think the, the um, thing is Hodgson says he wants he thinks they can get three or four in doesn't he um, I think the key for me is in the summer transfer window. Um, Steve Parrish said that he expected to get three in on deadline day, and just one came in in the end. Yeah, I think you know, Roger in his press conference last night did say that you could argue with the injuries they've got that they, they should be looking at six or seven. I don't see that happening. And he, he admitted that himself. He it said, can't be six or seven on deadline day. That's no, sure surely. Surely. Um, I, I think the the reason perhaps for the delay is the last couple of weeks because. The injuries they've had, I think, have changed what they were looking for because, you know, you you can't ever plan for an injury and particularly so many sort of serious ones as they've had in the last couple of weeks. You know, you've had Scott Dan, Jason Punchin out for the season now. Andros Townsend and, and Jeffrey Schluck, one leaving on crutches, one leaving in a protective boot last night from Brighton. I mean, that's not good. It's not a good sign. You know, there's no time scale yet on their, the extent of those injuries. But as Roy Hodgson said, from his experience, if someone's in a protective boot, it's not good news. Um, and I think you have to look at that and, and say, well, actually, that might change their transfer plans because going into this window, you would have said, yeah, they're fairly well stopped in defence. And now, with Mamadou Sako still out for a few more weeks, Scott Dan out for the season, mm-hmm. and Joel Ward's currently not fit, they are still all of a sudden looking a little bit short in defence. You know, we've, we've, we've known all along that they're short up, up front this season because they've only had one recognised striker alright Connor Wickham is nearing fitness he's not going to be ready just yet but that might be like a new signing um, whenever when he does get back but I think they are going to have to go and spend a bit of money and, and get certainly three two or three I think by the end of the window because as Roy Hodgson said and we've said earlier on this podcast the squad is thin at left back as you said that they are they are still well stocked. Okay, Schlupp's injured. Mm. We don't know how long he's going to be out for injured yet. But, you know, Pat Suarez came on last night. It was okay. Mm. Yeah, he did fine. And also, Van Arnold um, has impressed, I mean, impressed against Manchester City on, on uh, New Year's Eve um, immensely. So they've got cover at left back. I think, as you said, Roy Hodgson was never, you know, preparing for to, to buy a defender. Obviously, Scott Dan's out now. But I think the other key thing people have got to remember is, and that's why hopefully they don't rush this decision, is... You know, Mamadou Sacco last week, Roy was saying that he's probably another two, three weeks away. Now, if he comes back and is, is, you know stays injury clear, that might be a change of plan as well. They might think, okay, if Mamadou's back, 
we probably might not go for a defender and because they've been linked with a goalkeeper and maybe to get a striker and a goalkeeper instead. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be fairly fluid with it, don't you? And things change as, as the month goes on. I mean, you can do all the planning you want ahead of January and circumstances change, you know. And I, the, the only slight concern, I would say, is the fact that Roy Hodgson did say that we're kind of still sifting through the candidates. And you think, well, if you've been planning long enough, surely you should have one or two in mind by the time January comes round, particularly in the areas where you've known you need strength and like striker and he's been saying for a while goalkeeper you know that that would for me that was just the it wasn't alarm bells ring but it was just sort of the thought of well actually should you be further along you know should you have I think if fans would wouldn't would have been boosted if they'd already had seen someone come through the door if they'd seen a striker join on January the 2nd or the 3rd that would have been a big lift for them you know and I'm not saying the fans are in the doldrums. Of course they're not. You know they've been on a good run in the league. Yes, they're out of the cup. They just lost their rivals. But as we've said, I don't think that was the priority this season. They've got 16 games to go in the Premier League now. It is about survival. But I think they still need a few players. Everyone to, to wants get a striker. Every, you know, especially the teams at the bottom half. They're all looking for a striker. You've got to pay a premium. Mm. Um, and people, you know, if an experience comes with that. Benteke's uh, uh, record hasn't been great. This year, Connor Wickham, he's going to be expected to hit the ground running even before when he was fit. His, you know, he wasn't prolific, so they need a goal scorer. They need someone that's going to get them maybe ten goals for the end of the season. You want to chip him with a few, certainly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the thing is that they've been in such a good run. You don't want to see that falter. Do you? Townsend picking up an injury last night. Schluck picking up an injury last night. Given how thin the squad is already. If they don't get people in and they're they're going with a thin squad, that that kind of resurgence of form could really hit the buffers um, through January, and they could get themselves sucked right down um, into the bottom three again. The worry is from from watching them last night. Sacco aside, he was he was good, but they're only you know you can't like I said you can't legislate for injuries, but they're only one or two injuries away from being really toothless up front because. We saw it earlier on in the season when they didn't have Wilfred Zaha when they didn't have Christian mm-hmm. Benteke. You know, there were there were times early on in the season when they struggled. They couldn't didn't score a goal for seven games to start off with. And without Zaha last night, I thought they looked. You know, they they lacked that spark. Completely agree with you. Um, I and mean, Saka was trying his best, wasn't he? Saka was trying his best. But without Zaha, there's no. Yeah, he's sort of possessed yeah, in the final third. Yeah, and you know that that would be the concern is that an injury to him. Or an injury to you know Benteke, if Townsend's now out for a few weeks, you know, and you start all of a sudden start thinking, well, who else? Who else do we turn to in the mm-hmm. squad? Because who else is going to get goals? I don't know that you know Sacco has chipped in with a few already this season. You've got the likes of James McCarthy who gets the odd goal, but but players to call upon. I mean, Soleil Kaikai came on last night. He didn't do much didn't at have all. Didn't much of an impact. And no. then you've got players like Freddie Ladapo, Ch- Freddie Ladapo, Chungung Lee. Uh, and Jordan Much, these aren't players that are going to come in and make a difference. No, I think really no. If I'm and, being honest, and like you said, Mark, you know, they, if they're going to get someone who you would hope is going to make that sort of difference, they're going to have to pay the money for it because yeah. you, strikers don't come cheap, especially ones no. that score score a few goals. And you know, there's been links with the likes of Umar Nias. Well, that nearly happened in the summer and didn't quite. Might they go back in for him now? That was that was an issue with agents' fees or something, wasn't it? I think that was mm. the kind of suggestion from from Steve Parish and, and and other reports. And what's to say that those agents' fees aren't going to be exactly the same this time around? 
well, I mean, you'd hope for for the sake of trying to get the deal done that they wouldn't be doing it in the last yeah. last minute. Well, put it this way, Steve's always backed the managers. He's always put the money out there. He's always mm. never he's never been you know he's always backed the manager. Yeah, I, I just one thing I will say that's in Hodgson's favour. I do think that they need to be proactive with this now, yeah, um, and not leave this to the last minute because there will be inevitably there'll be someone signed on deadline day. I'm sure of it, but. They can't leave all the business to the last one. I mean, there is there's money available. I know that from from, from last summer they, they they kept money over for this for this transfer window, and I know a lot of money was spent on Sacco coming in, hmm. um, and you know could they be looking at a similar situation here where we're thinking, hold on a minute, should we spend all our money on one striker, go big, big transfer fee, big wages, or should we get in three or four and spread the money out? Well, you, well, you say they saved money; they were going to buy Adam Yass, weren't they? So they've, they've saved money that they must have set aside for buying him on deadline day. So as you said, there, there must be um, some money there. Mm. Um, we'll just finish the pod quickly by um, looking at Burnley, um, this year's surprise package in the Premier League. Thoughts on the game this weekend, Rob? Tough one. Um, the, yeah, You're a manager. Well, tough one. Yeah, always tough. No, no easy game in the Premier League. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, in fairness to Burnley, they've been excellent this season. You know, Sean Dyche doing a great job up there at Southmore. They've stumbled a little bit of late, you know, over Christmas. They've had some tough fixtures, but a they've, lot of injury. they've had a few injuries, had a few injuries and, and Tarkovsky was suspended, wasn't he? So they've had a few issues, but they're, they're a very workmanlike team, aren't they? They're very organised, and this year I think they've added a bit more flair to their play as well. And, you know, whereas last year they were, they tried to make themselves hard to beat, they still are, but I think they've got a little bit more going forward as well this this, this time around. And they've been able to, you know, they're not on thirty-four points, whatever it is now, for for no reason. You know, they've they've been impressive this season, and I think Palace have got a tough game at the weekend. I think they're going to have to, ha- you know, they're going to need big performances again from the likes of Wilfred Zaha, Bakri Saka if he plays. They're going to be very hard to beat at the back. They're yeah. so organised, so you know. Nick Pope's come in from you know for um, Heaton and he's just been remarkable mm. um, goalkeeper wise and then defence again I mean they've had players step in that are second choice but they've continued that hard to beat mentality you know Phil Barsley come in for Matt Loughton uh, Ward the left back you've got like Charlie Taylor's come in as you mentioned Rob Tarkovsky's now out or mm. been out they've got they've had a makeshift mm. defence but they still had that same Mentality, but obviously Dyche was a defender as, as a player, yeah. so um, he's got them so organised. And before that, in midfield, they've got that workmanlike feel about them. Yeah. Um, and up front, I'm sure uh, former Brighton striker Ashley Barnes will get a lovely reception. I'm sure from he Palace will. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. We'll uh, end it there. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Mark. All your latest news is on CroydonAdvertiser.co.uk, and we'll be back with another Eagle Eyed View next week. <laughs>